Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi. You know that movie you always wanted to see, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, I call those black hole films. Everyone has them, and this podcast aims to do something about that. I'm Jeremy Lalonde, and every episode I'll be joined by one or more guests to watch a film that at least someone in that group hasn't seen. We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 70, and I'm joined by a swath of returning guests. We've got Stephen McCarthy, who's an actor who you've probably seen in movies like The Steps, Picture Day, TV shows like Crawford, or Mary Kills People, which he just recently won a Canadian Screen Award for. He's also a director, having done several short films, including a film called O Negative. Also joining me are Norm Wilner, who has his own podcast called Someone Else's Movie, as well as being a reviewer for many publications, including Now Magazine. And last but not least is filmmaker Saul Pincus, who made a film not too long ago called Nocturne, which you can get on iTunes. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. All right. Uh, so we're sitting down to watch Logan's Run. I'm Jeremy. I have not seen this movie. I'm Steve. I have seen this movie as a child. I'm Norm. I've seen it a couple of times, once also as a child, and then once when the DVD came out around, I don't know, 2002. I'm Saul. I've seen it probably twice in my teens and in my 20s, and I also had the 8mm Digest version, color sound, that ran 16 minutes and was very poorly edited when I was a kid. What do you mean? How do you Amazing. mean by poorly edited? Like it was, <laughs> you just cobbled together, ah. just highlights. Like there was no thought put to transitions. Yeah, you would lose or whole sequences if you cut usually to 16 minutes. Cut right? down whole, usually termed, yeah, usually yeah. whole sequences. Yeah, but it did have the bit with Jenny Agutter getting, you know, getting her clothes off, which was to a child. Don't oh, get yeah, yeah, spoilers, yeah. sir. <laughs> spoilers. I mean, it's Jenny Agutter in the seventies. You could reliably trust that there would be nude scenes, <laughs> with, oh, with, was, especially with like, Jenny Agutter, because yeah, that was she was, she was the big British, you know. Yeah. But that was just like as a child of the eighties. I was just so used to watching the TV edits of movies, and then loving the movie and going back and, and renting it and being surprised by all this extra stuff. Sure. Yeah, I think I saw this on a TV about twelve by twelve inches, you know, on two p.m. on WKBD Detroit. So in black and white. Uh, I, I can't remember. No, not on the black and white TV. I think it was a color TV, but I'm sure it didn't look the way the filmmakers had intended. Well, you'll see. I mean, yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It, it's weird. It's one of those films that was absolutely a scope production. It doesn't lose much, strangely, when you pan and scan it because it's sort of the silly stuff still looks really silly. And yeah. scale doesn't change what the movie is. Mm. You don't miss the mall. The malls they shot in around it. You yeah. Know, you don't really miss that. that nice. Movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've, I don't know how I've avoided this movie. I know just like the basic drop-in premise, like the 27-year-old... Everyone's 27, right? 30. 30. They changed it, actually. In the book, it was 21. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And oh, wow. you'll understand when you see the movie that you could not have made this. This film could not have been made in 1976 with teenagers. Mm. But it today, just, you would think they would remake well, it. Well, now it's exactly that age. Right? Right? It's right. not been remained, yeah. actually. I think uh, Ryan Singer was trying to do it for a long, long time, mm. and I suspect that's one of the reasons it hasn't oh, happened. Oh, really? There yeah. you go. Yeah. Teenagers. Just <laughs> Right? Like, yeah. Kind of, but also the scale of it, it would be... Yeah, it would have to be big. Yeah, very hard. Yeah, I just remember. I think I think I always knew it as just like a pop culture thing, and I think there was a couple references to it in some of Kevin Smith's work. Probably that I remember. Did Um, you ever see the TV series? That would still have been yeah. That was yeah. That was existed. That was bad. Gregory Harrison. Yep. Yeah, and and I know that this is a much loved cult film, and and some of my friends, their favorite movie. 
Really? Really? Yeah. That really? Is and they're that... not here tonight. And they're not here yeah. tonight. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Somehow they now, Ryan, well, this is one of Ryan Goldhart's favorite movies to the to the point where he said that when he went he when he saw it, he then went to summer camp uh, a couple days later, and by the time his parents came to pick him up two weeks later, they said we're looking for Ryan, and they're like, we don't know who you're talking about. They're like, there's a Logan Goldhart here. He had changed his name at camp to Logan. Because of how much he loved the movie when he was, I don't know, a teenager of some, some ilk. Uh, yeah, and I gotta ask, because I think this is the first time that I've actually been here for a movie that you have not seen. So how did this make it onto the list? It was in, it was in the dumpster diving, you found... Yeah, I was dumpster diving. Yeah, I mean, I often, I'm, I have a, an ongoing list of just, like, big pop culture movies like this that I know I haven't gotten around to, that I almost, now I'm saving for the podcast. Mm. Uh, and so... I, I frequent, you know, used video stores uh, value and villages. value villages and yard sales because I find I, I get like a really good selection of just older stuff for like almost next to nothing. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then every now and then I'll post a photo into our little podcast group and be like, who hasn't Ooh, seen yeah. one of these? Uh, and then usually it's about all three of us did. Yeah, a couple people. This was a real popular one. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. I mean, we can't talk right now, but we can talk after the movie. No. I've seen it. But uh, with apologies to the spoiler, but then again, Jenny Agutter. I mean, well, so, you know, pretty let's, obvious. I think on that note, let's just dive in. Okay. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. So we just finished. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. So how much did you remember from your eight-year-old self? There's a couple of times when you remarked that you noticed the TV edits. Yeah. From. Uh, you, you know what? I, I actually visually the only thing I actually do remember completely remembering was them jumping off the cliff at the end when they're near when they're nearing what they think is going to be sanctuary and they kind of have that lovemaking session right. in, the, in the water. So I think whatever my eight-year-old said, that's the only visual. Imprinting that I have of him. And eight year old son was like, that's how you make love. Yeah, exactly. In the water. Giant pile of water. Exactly. Call back to walkabout visually. Yeah, it kind of is. Color wise. Yeah, exactly. So I think probably I just thought that I might see some nudity at that point in my eight year old self. So that's probably why I remember it. He got excited. No, no. I mean, I can only imagine. Uh. Yeah, I'm pro. Nor- Norm- I'm just watching. Nor- yeah. Norm was watching me at one point, just going, "How are you processing this?" Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I expected a certain level of cheese, uh, mm-hmm. or just, just not cheese. That's not fair. It's more like it's just that level of sci-fi. What is? What year is this? Like seventy-six. Seventy-six. And you can totally tell this is a year before Star Wars yeah. changes everything, mm. and it's what. Like it's what major studios regarded science fiction to be, which is yeah. just garbage. You mm-hmm. know, make it shiny, dress everybody in weird sheer clothing, and it doesn't really matter if one scene lends itself into the next or makes sense at all in context. It's just a bunch of stuff that mm-hmm. happens. Yeah, it's especially when you look at it in the context of science fiction at the time and what comes right after that. Especially, mm. it just seems so corny and cheesy. And the production design just feels so low budget when you compare it to, to like Blade Runner. Like how many years? Blade Runner. Blade Runner six years off. Right? That's like, considerable though. That's considerably later. That's Blade Runner eighty two. But even you think too, that's only four, six years. Yeah. But you think Star Wars is being shot at the time that this is released, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And just how Superman. how ground Superman was being shot at the time this was released. Just released a bit later. Yeah. But even mm-hmm. that is considerably. But it's just you, you compare this to A New Hope, and A New Hope feels grounded. 
Yeah. In, in reality. Well, but it's got exposition and it's got characters and everything makes sense. By the time you get to Moss Eisley, you've spent half an hour with Luke and learned about the world. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars is great because its sense of scope continues to expand from scene to scene. It never stops getting bigger. Mm-hmm. And this is just chambers, right? Like every It gets next, smaller in a way. Yeah. Well, it's like, it runs out of ideas. And it never establishes the, the core concept, which stunned me this time. I vaguely... I yeah. read the book between the two times I saw it. And the book really? is... The book is meaner and cheaper. And like... It, it's it's like... it's Yeah. It's like running through a maze. Mm. Uh, and the same kind of disillusionment happens, but it gets really... I mean, vaguely, it's been at least 30 years since I've read the paper. I picked up the paperback after I saw the film. And... I remember that Francis is somehow in on it. The the the, the adversary turns out to be helping him oh. somehow, or a version of him appears at the very end to lead Logan out. The ending in the movie is completely different, right? And it the movie just takes so much for granted and assumes that we will understand what's going on, hmm. and it really it doesn't provide anything. I mean, no, I will say though, filmmaking. Science. I will say though, there is. That's kind of a trope of sci-fi. And Star Wars is guilty of it, too. Like, I find there's a real lack of context in a lot of those movies of this age. Like, in Star Wars, you just take for granted that it's like, oh, the Empire's bad, and the Rebels are good. And it's like, well, why? Right. We never, we never, they at least give you the, the idea that Luke wants to go off and go to the Empire to learn and train and, and be a pilot. Yeah. And, and what this is is... Well, you have a seed mother and you have a brood father, and they're like they throw. Would you like to know your father? Oh, I can't imagine that. Just little ideas that tell us yeah. how things work, but never why. Mm. Every other movie has like every other dystopian movie. This has a crawl at the or like a text thing at the beginning that says, "In the twenty third century, I don't know they're hedonists and they yeah. all go for, for renewal." I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, you you can have nothing but pleasure if you want, and that's fine. And if you want to live longer, you have to give yourself over to the fiery what's the carousel. Called? The carousel. carousel. The renewing fire of carousel. Now, I, I wish we, we stopped talking about Star Wars as science fiction. Because really, it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's not, not science fiction. It has no, spaceships no, not in the same way guns. in terms of ideas, in terms of the way. This is science. This is sort of more. more Brave New World kind of. More, yeah. yeah, or more Serling esque, or of a different mm-hmm. science fiction school completely. But it's not not science fiction. You can't say Star Wars is not it's, science fiction. It's not, it's not Star science Wars is not really it's a romance. in the same it's place as far as I It's a fantasy romance. Yeah. yeah. Is that Mm-hmm. It's really not. It's set in a different place. There are science fiction elements, but it's not really science There's, fiction. Yeah, it's, it's more fantasy. Way the way this is. Yeah, in a sense that science, science fiction is generally based on our reality. Is, okay, that, so, is that where you're getting so at? I'm getting at ideas which are dystopian. which are fiction in in terms of our current situation, not sure. just the world. Yeah, but but interrelationships in this film. This whole comment on hedonism, the whole concept, you know, to dealing with the seventies, which mm-hmm. you see throughout this film. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it just like this. This is their a whole very, rape dust they just throw yeah. up in the air and just comes yeah. down. Mm-hmm. No, no, they're vaping. They're vaping. They're vaping. <laughs> exactly. It's, 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 the future it's, is now. The future. It feels but consensual think, enough. Right? It, yeah, the, the idea of consent is actually explored pretty well in the film, which surprised me. I, re- I don't remember it being. I was impressed like, with that reversal. Big conversation about yeah. she says yeah. yes. As soon as she's like, no, he's like, eh, well, that sucks. I mean, I don't know why you're here, but I'll, I'm not going to rape you, so yeah. there's that. Yeah. So the, the swinger thing that's kind of going on, where it's like the pansexuality, I remember. I remember the, the, that little joke when a man considers shows up. the man, he's like, yeah. eh, not tonight. But then later he says, do you. He asked Jessica if she's into girls. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, no. It's like, oh, okay, so it's cool. They, mm-hmm. I mean, for 1976, that's actually quite progressive. That's ridiculously mm-hmm. progressive. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's, it's great in that case. But yeah. then everything else. But then you just, it's a sleeper was right around this time, wasn't it? 73. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you just it's just one of those things where you go, I get the function for this story, but it just makes me go, how does this world function in general? Like, how are things produced? How do you guys don't have jobs? Although, why do these what are these certain people? How, how did you get to be a Sandman? A Sandman. I think you're selected at birth, right? Isn't that the point yeah. of the next Logan? Logan Seven, the baby they see at the beginning. Uh, okay. Probably by your genetics code or something. Yeah. They could, they figure out about your blood or mm-hmm. something like. But that. everyone else just gets to run around and do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, and what do they do during the day? It's, <laughs> yeah, right. it's a form of population control, right? I mean, well, that's, you, that's you the start idea. off as a, as a filthy cub, and you're put over in this weird den of of just crazy shit yeah. and then eventually you're kicked out of there and expected just to live in a mall. Well, you started... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you. You started the touring company... Yeah, you started the touring company of West Side Story and then <laughs> if you're lucky you get bumped up to the show. To Lenny's, yeah. And then yeah. It's, yeah, no, it, like, it makes no sense. There's, where does the food come from? We're constantly being shown at the end of the movie that there is no food. I don't, and mind, they, that. They, I don't mind that because I feel like in a, in a way I was impressed by how... Um, naive they were as characters throughout mm. the entire story and how much they were you know how much they were innocent the two of them as even as they experience the world as they meet cats and yeah events, like well that. even and i love the fact that it felt to me a little bit like uh they were sort of taking the brave new world thing for granted that that people were coming in knowing that that idea right. was 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 there as a baseline like as a sf kind of baseline and you couldn't do that i was just saying you could not do that today this is like, you couldn't have people this naive going through a film like this. One of the problems is... It just that, takes too long. Because well, that's basically what the entire just, second half is that. Well, it's not just taking too long. It's the fact that Michael York, to me, doesn't help. He's and not... Michael York is like, Michael York is horrible in this film. Yeah, he's very he's bad horrible. in this cast. This was three, I don't connect years with him. Ray, right? He should enhance the poetry. He should be... The, he's supposedly in the role of this guy who basically, by accident, becomes the seeker. And somebody who should begin, I begin to believe there are things going on in his head. And at no point in this film do I think that. Well, yeah. It's and, true. and you that's kind of meet a Ben Kenobi and then he turns out to tell them nothing. That's right. <laughs> They're like, well, let's just go back. The old man is amazing. <laughs> He's wonderful. Peter Snuff. That's Peter, Peter Snuff. Yeah. He's amazing. He is, He's so fucking kooky and useless. Shambling around. And, uh, yeah, but it's just. And yeah, and those scenes are way too long, obviously. But they're like but, the most realistic feeling. But he's fantastic to yeah. watch and entertaining. The and film comes alive in those moments. Yeah, sure. And it's in yeah. love with its matte paintings. Like, it just can't stop showing you more of the destroyed Washington. It's pretty yeah. well done but I, for, for that I era. I couldn't stop thinking of, like, I, I could see, see, I could see, like, James Cameron, I could, I could see people seeing the seeds of Terminator or uh, Blade Runner, like even retiring the people, mm-hmm. and the, yeah. like I really saw how someone could have watched this movie and been like, "Oh, I know how I can make the story way better." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I feel right. like there's a lot of themes that are very rich. But this that was summer. Explored. This was summer. This was the idea of summer entertainment at the time. It's also important to see it in context of what came just before, mm-hmm. because you've got buildings blowing up and all this stuff and everything. And the same people building the buildings, I believe we did Towering Inferno. I think so. And Towering Inferno was their idea of entertainment, disaster pictures in the early part in the early part of the seventies. And this yeah, sort of yeah. falls somewhere in there, just like Jaws does, as kind of the final point on disaster movies. Yeah. Being like, No, this is how you make a disaster movie, you know, this is how you really make it. In the end of this the population. everything yeah. just starts blowing up for no reason. Well, it's a Star Trek ending, right? He overloads yeah. the computer with the truth. Yeah. But it's so poorly connected that, that you can't. I think so. <laughs> now, finally, I think that's what happens. That's what because happens to computers. Is that going to happen again? Also, someday? because their their yeah. idea. If anyone enters like the correct information in Wikipedia, the internet will shut down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just have to <laughs> at the same time. And there's prescience here, though. I mean, the whole idea of the circuit. 
being basically like grinder or something. You know, yeah. I mean, like there's there's definitely precedence. There are things that are oh, yeah. concepts in this movie. Mm-hmm. Which watching it again, you know, I saw it twenty years ago now. Definitely, it's definitely alive. You there know, there are I mean, some thoughts. George Clayton Johnson, I think, was partially responsible for the novel. He I know they stole the, the yeah. basic mm-hmm. gist of the story, but not the actual. Uh, the next yeah, the events are very different. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, they, call, they call it the circuit, the right? The circuit, yeah. This is like fucking roulette, essentially. Uh-huh. Yeah, Chat exactly. Yeah. Chat roulette. Mm-hmm. But and yet they don't seem to possess teleportation otherwise, which is a bizarre waste of the technology. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they just <laughs> use it for yeah. random sexual hey, hookup. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. That's the military no sex. No that's what pushes the Yeah, She doesn't even leave through it. She goes at the front door. Oh, she gets out when she can. Oh, yeah. You don't want to have sex? You're going through the front door. Then you want to know the hallway. The walk of shit. Yeah, you walk home. Uh, it is really just... I mean, it's bizarre that it is like progressive and intelligent about some things and just rabidly sexist in other things. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, it's a whole world of blonde, braless, mall mm-hmm, women mm-hmm, yeah. who are in their early 20s, except for the ones who die who are older, like clearly older. That runner is... The runner oh. they cast as the runner is like mm-hmm. 35. It was so sad. She's like, I'm 22. I was like, oh, honey. Yeah. You really aren't. I mean, nobody... <laughs> I think it was, it's interesting. This film really feels like it was made by sixty-year-old men mm-hmm. of that time, and it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, they were all they were all basically that age. Even the studio technicians, everyone, were old guard. Yeah. And you have these young people in front of the camera, and what? And, and for me, just politically hilarious moment where they're using the U.S. flag to rough it up in the middle of this political arena. And you've got three Brits and one Canadian on screen doing it. And it's hilarity there for me. But anyway. It all just looks so uncomfortable. Richard Jordan. Jordan. Oh, oh, no kidding. Hmm. And Jordan's bad, too. I mean, the only... Agatha comes off pretty well because she's playing it down. Like she's, mm-hmm. yeah. she's, she's, the, she's like way fish. She's fantastic. She's I, I thought she was happen. pretty adorable. Mm-hmm. She's good. Yeah. But but York is like the final scene. Like, it's well, a lie! He's just uh, awful. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what he's playing. And what is he yeah. saying at that point? Like I assumed that I, I couldn't yeah. believe when they said they were going back. Yeah, like, I, mean, I was trying to... Well, I got it. Like, where are they? I mean, it's, it's the going? whole allegory of the cave thing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But return, also, it's like... Turn with the news. You have no plan. Your plan was yeah. just to stand in front of everybody and go, Hey, guys, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, even yeah. even the even the, the lack of logic there could be made um, to be made to be understood by an actor who understood yeah. what they were supposed to be. Well, it's true. I mean, that's poetry. what everyone did in Star Wars. They were like, "Don't trust that director guy." But let's just figure or it out almost ourselves. any or almost honest, honestly, almost any Bond film by a bad actor mm-hmm. in that film is better than Michael's performance in here. As mm-hmm. far as energizing you for the final push into the end of the film, you yeah. know, like you just don't. It's not, and it's not just that moment. It's like throughout. I'm just. I'm shocked by how... I'm not shocked because, you know, Michael York didn't really have much of a career after this, other than Basil Exposition poor, in more recent years. Poor guy. This, yeah. wasn't, this wasn't his fault. I no, mean, it wasn't his fault. I don't blame him. Yeah. But, I, I think but he was I mean, just miscapped. You can, you can get an actor on a story like this and they would understand that they needed to go on a journey in order to yeah. have a reasonable yeah. conclusion. It's yeah, I think he was just miscast. Yeah. Mm, you said sure. you couldn't figure out a way for it to work now. I think I did while I was watching it. The oh, yeah. only way this works now, you could make a Logan's Run as comp. Like I spent a, half the movie trying to make the remake in my hand. Okay, oh, here. Will Ferrell. Oh. <laughs> Will Ferrell as Logan, as Logan and not acknowledging he's 45. Mm. Like being third, like you can <laughs> right. cheat the whole thing and let him loose into the world. That's a character he's already played. It's sometimes. basically just like Elf. Then. Yeah, essentially. He's so completely naive and, and at sea. But you could actually reshoot this script with comic <laughs> performers and it might make sense because right. if, if the idea is yeah, that you, everyone is Kristen brain damaged everyone is deprived the, uh, they've been locked I think the remake's already been done I think it's Wally. <laughs> actually 
That's I think well, he's actually. You know, it, the thing the thing is with this too is that um, uh, I'm reminded of the fact that this comes several years after Planet of the Apes. Yeah, and it's heavily inspired. It's very evident. I mean, this is basically the Planet of the Apes package in many ways, and Goldsmith doing the score and making Mm -hmm. you feel like you're in some other place. Mm -hmm. Planet of the Apes was very much a first very successful attempt at a Twilight Zone episode on the the big screen. Mm -hmm. This, well, it's not trying that hard, but definitely it wants to use ideas that would be based George Clayton Johnson having co-written the book a very important part of the original Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. So, sorry, who is he? George Clayton Johnson was one of the key people key writers on the original Twilight Zone. Serling oh. wrote a lot of this, a lot of them, but he didn't write all of them. Mm-hmm. There right. mm-hmm. Richard Matheson, George Clayton Johnson, Didn't Joseph Serling co-write Ocean's Eleven, too, the original? Or am I getting that wrong? That's possible. I want to, th- I want to say he that. He works for a living. He was still very... <laughs> he was still <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he, he was working. I don't remember. Hey, you owe me a script. Write <laughs> <laughs> <Right laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> but this is one of those... The Sinatra, that's up. You know? <laughs> this is one of those films that fascinates me now be- more because of... Uh, I don't know if we had this conversation, but there, there's like if you look at Cronenberg's scanners, it sure. guesses at a future and gets it completely wrong. Like everything about the near future is just off a little bit, or it doesn't make sense at all. But Videodrome, to, like the next year, predicts mm-hmm. YouTube and social media and all kinds of like cable television and the dominance of of, of artificial storytelling. It's all there, and it's mm-hmm. amazingly prescient. You can be the same person and get stuff completely wrong or completely mm-hmm. right. This film. Like, if you're trying... It, the only thing I think it predicts is disco. Mm. And that was already happening. It just goes to the logical place where I carousel... Don't, I don't know about that. I think, I think as much carousel, as reflect. I think the grind stuff... not doing that either. Well, it is, it, is, it is. In terms of the people. In terms of the people, I think it is. It, it, I think of things like Easy Rider. I think of things like the generation that we are supposed to be identifying with in the early 70s, if you're there. You know, in terms of that sense of disenchantment, the lack of trusting this whole implicit, very... Don't trust anyone over 30. Don't trust anyone over 30, but if you're over 65, well, then it becomes a whole other thing. Maybe you can connect with someone older. Mm. That was a very big theme in the early 1970s and late late 60s with a certain generation. So I do think that's the intent of the connection here. You you do get a sense that they're trying to, like... You, you feel like they probably were trying to appeal to counterculture with this film. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, as, as, as strange as that seems, you know, given what you're saying, Saul, I think uh, it's interesting because it, it, you do have that idea. They never explain why, like, do we only have enough resources so people can't live after 30? Like, is there a more uh, male-violent vi- reason for this? Like you said, no, there's no context for it, why we have to kill people at 30. Yeah. Uh, and if we learn... We don't even learn at the end that it's like, yeah, we know that there's stuff out there, but we just can't... Yeah, there's just no reason. Yeah, if yeah you, that's what so. I mean, it is missing... It's missing a like, villain. It's missing the, like, kind of the overarching no villain, villain of yeah. who's the sort of brains of this thing. I guess that's what the kind of computer... But it's just a computer. It's a computer that randomly assigns him to this mission and tells nobody else for reasons that make zero fucking sense. Yeah, he could tell mm-hmm. Francis they're so best friends. All of them... The, that's basically, your job yeah. is to go there and, and destroy the people that took off and got away. Why can't the other Sandman know that? Mm-hmm, yeah, so they yeah. don't. So he doesn't have to make a big job at it, getting the fuck out. Like it makes yeah. no sense that they can't all be in on the know-how. Mm-hmm. Your logical and version of this movie that has nothing to do with the nothing to do with the specific thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, but your logical version would be the Truman Show, right? Where mm. you get the motivation, where you know the lead. The, the, the villains are very obvious. Where everyone is on, in on the on this game. Other than that, it's not it's not the same movie, but as far as you know, a paradigm for that, it may actually 
in my mind, it plays better, yeah. far, a lot mm-hmm. better. This is not. This is meant as like throwaway stuff. Yeah, though. and it's how just many not meant as heady stuff? Yeah, like, how no. many Star Trek episodes to go back to the original series? How many episodes end with "Oh my God, a computer's been running the society the whole time"? That's all this is. Yeah, they just sure didn't understand that you need the scene where someone comes in and says, "Oh my God, a computer's been running the society the whole time." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just, I, just, I'd almost prefer the the allegory of the caves ending where they just beat Logan to death. For telling the truth. For telling the truth. And then go back to the way their lives were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that... I thought that was going to They happen. just... Can we talk about... What is it? The carousel? Carousel. Yeah. First of all, how do they start flying? Is there like a wind force underneath <laughs> yeah. them? Yes. And then what is the... Yeah. The interpretive that, That's where I started death. trying to remake the movie. I was like, okay, first... <laughs> and then start, they, well, this you start with the, the, the one... One of the victims who's going to try to get out. And they're the one who has the plan to get away. And they have a whole situation. Right. Like if that's... Yeah, if that's the climax, if the he gets out through it, that mm-hmm. would really that could pay off. Yeah, yeah, and we have to believe that you know some of them actually make it, and then they're like they're so, moved to tears by the fact that that one person, you know. I think you need to equate that with the Hollywood influence because in this particular case, that was a total construct of the movie and had nothing to do with the book. Oh, was it? Yeah, the idea that there was a celebration where everyone died. Yeah, and I they don't thought remember. They the carousel is, I understand, to be entirely germane to the I film. I don't remember mm-hmm. how the they just. With I mean, are those? I'm just talking with the logic of it, though. Are the suits rigged with explosives? Like, well, there needs to be a sniper. It's the proto right? you know, and then they shoot them. It's like skeet shooting. Yeah, there's yeah. got to be a sniper. <laughs> oh, I guess yeah, because the guns really just blow them all up. If right? I can, if I can, if I can address your your sense of bewilderment at the moment, <laughs> which is please. Palpable, and, and and certainly justified. People didn't think that hard when they saw science fiction. I mean, this is like this is not necessarily a. I don't mean that people were regarded as dumb, but we didn't analyze nearly as hard back then. Mm. I don't think as we do now. Certainly, they would have seen this film and thought it was silly. Roger Ebert thought it was silly. A lot of people thought it was silly. Some people gave it really really bad reviews. I think they're not necessarily. Wrong. <laughs> we view it in in light of the fact that this is sort of the dawning of a, of a of a beginning the uh, you know creeping into it what was a golden age of a great fusion of films which came out shortly after this. I I don't think it holds up terribly well. I don't think you know, no no I don't but you held but, up at the time. Like, I mean it's but, yeah it's supposed to evaporate as soon as you that's right to the suits right. yeah. 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 yeah but but the Stevens um, point like I do think that you can definitely see how this influenced other things and people went oh that's interesting and you can go with that like I I for some reason I don't know why I'm really drawn to stories of like post apocalyptic and and the idea of like societies being reborn I really into those kind of stories for some reason I don't know what it is um, well it's because we're juggernauting right towards it it's not just in the air we're seeing it in yeah. all the time yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. idea to me the idea of, of a culture where people who are dulled beyond belief to not yeah. think for themselves living inside of an actual mall while the rest of the world is a sacrifice zone yeah. doesn't seem too far away Can from I a but I love but I love all the little like little aside things like when they're when they're going through the Texas water treatment plant uh, and, California, actually. But yes, uh, was it? Yes. And just yeah. talking about how it's like uh, the, the people that came before us used to like, eat animals. They're savages. I know, and, yeah, and, a little yeah. vegan kind of little things <laughs> like that. And then as they're going through that, they, they find the graveyard and they don't understand what beloved husband and wife mean. And that there's just numbers on these these stone things and just don't understand like any of these really really simple concepts. Like I love that idea. Uh, they don't know what a fucking cat is, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which again would be a great. Uh, this time through, I was starting to think. Well, Logan would just start hitting them. 
Like, they're monsters to him. There's a moment really in that fight. Well, that guy kind of bit the dust. Yeah, there's a moment yeah. in the fight scene where I think they land on oh, a the cat. Little yeah. yeah, he shoots off in the other Oh, did he make it out? That was yeah. the best part of that thing. I was like, that was was why hasn't no one else done this? That was in the Super 8 Digest. That <laughs> and I study, I used to study that on my editor and go slowly. And this, is how I study. this is how I learned how to, you know, I learned a lot of filmmaking. I also had a, a 16-inch version of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And uh, you just study all the cutting and overlaps and everything like that. And you're like, oh. Okay, at like eleven, which is a really good time to learn all this stuff, so you can plant it. But the, but so the, you can verify that the cat got out. But the <laughs> cat got out. It was really just. Yeah, I think it did too. But but the thing, but the, and cats are fast. If you know cats, yeah. they're like they'd be out. Even cat, but the cat, cats running all over that place. The pita is nowhere near that set. <laughs> it's awesome. The Will Ferrell version would actually have them pick cats up and throw them at each other. <laughs> but that's an oh. interesting point about Will Ferrell because the tonally that would be more consistent than this film was. Right. Like the guys that they ran into, the guys that they, that, that they run into. The the, Kid, the kid gang, the law yeah. boys. Yeah. Seriously, like Rufio. Like as soon as like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I'm like, what? Rufio got out of there really quick. Yeah, like, no, it really just was. Easily. It was a completely unthreatening moment, you know. I love the little girl who but, gives, but who's just so like she was shrugs and gives the watch. But that's to me like back. that reminds me of Children of Men when you got those those roving gangs of helpless people who have decided to give up on all all, all existence because they know there's no children being born and right. they, they're and throwing stuff at the yeah. train on the way by. But no, these like, two just biding time until they become like asshole <laughs> greens, mil- yeah yeah I didn't pre millennials. <laughs> But there, to me, there's so many possible. No, like, no. Okay, so we. What no, we, but that's what they are. They're kind of like yeah, that version. What do we do with the children? I, I would say form. Logan's run like predicted millennials. I just I'm going to throw that out there. See now again, the Will Ferrell version will have a scene where he says, "You know, I used to be one of them." Yeah. And just a long like talk about his wild years as an eight year old roving through the district. Yeah. Before we move on though, from from that fight scene, I will say that fight scene was fairly impressive for me. It I was. Thought, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really. Well, it's really it was, them doing most of it too, right? Yeah, yeah. it's long master shots that. of. Two actors. Flailing. It's simple, brutal, and uh, and you know, very true to the to the concepts of the film, as far as the notion of like pleasure of the flesh. You live and die by the flesh, and literally the feelings of that. And that that theme is touched on through the film in terms of the face change and the scarring that happens, and periodically. But boy, it's like it's so inconsistent. Yeah, and it, just, yeah. it doesn't. It fails to address its own setup so many times. Yeah, that was another thing that is such a great idea, but I had no idea why it was happening. Why? Yeah. Why, why is today? Is that like a haircut? You'd just be like, I'm going go to get the face changed. Yeah. 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 But why with the girl? Well, like, why? All I, all <laughs> but I even like I like seeing that one woman looking oh, at the monitors, and you see just like a slightly modified jaw, and you're like, oh, okay, I get that. It's just like mm-hmm. you're just getting a little tweak. It's Beverly yeah. Hills, it, and and it's it's early '70s philosophy, and I. I Again, I have a little perspective on this, having having worked there a little bit, and mm-hmm. and, and and worked there with people who were, as, as as Jeremy knows, I was involved doing a number of films with with someone who was uh, a modified. survivor of the era, a survivor of the era, shall we say? Mm-hmm. But um, but we're still trying to get it that that machine actually does exist. <laughs> if you get to a certain level in Scientology, it's a wet dream. It would be a wet dream of those yeah. at the time, yeah. just like Love Shop. You know, Studio uh, Fifty Four, yeah. or any number of things, is you know very or, or the notion that you could just sort of order things up. That's very that reminds me of I'm trying to think of which film it is, but like it reappears in other other science fiction where you sort of go, oh, I'd love to just be able to order this up, and it's almost like an, like the rich and the elite, 
you would think they could afford to do that. Yeah. You know, but no one else could. But it's a fantasy you can bring to... hmm? Was it Soylent Green? No, No, that's where women are furniture. It's different. Like, this film later was grown out of whatever disaster ends Soylent Green. Mm. I'm thinking thinking I know what it is. I'm thinking I know what it is. It's actually Blade Runner 2049. That's what what exactly what I was thinking. But for this, it's just pure vanity because even the one guy that becomes a runner at the beginning of the film had his face changed the day before, but they know that. Like there's not, it's yeah, not he like was carrying the receipt. Basically, yeah, it's not like it beca- it's not like it, they can use it to help them get away. It just seems to be a completely set vain piece, thing. Set piece, yeah, filmmaking, which yeah. is why, and it's, ironically, we're recording this a few days after the anniversary of Die Hard. The day and, after, and I remember seeing Die Hard on opening night and being blown away by how smart it was. Yeah, and I remember thinking, and myself, simple. It's yeah. a it's a riff on seventies disaster pictures mm-hmm. that is. You know, hilarious. It's just amazingly good, and you're like, okay, that is a good movie based on tropes. Mm. This is just a tropey movie based on tropes, really. I yeah, mean, and that was with some interesting ideas that, that never follows. Bruce yeah. Willis, like just coming off of Moonlighting, where nobody's thinking of Bruce Willis as an action hero. That's a, yeah, big screen. Like, who's this goofball that I'm supposed to believe is, mm-hmm. is an action hero and actually wisecracking in a, in a way yeah. that was actually appealing? And then, then at the time, yeah. he, his reviews were very bad too. Like, really, like, no one liked him in the he movie. He was just coming off uh, the Edwards thing, right? Well, so yeah, he had time. Time went on that one. Yeah, but he had done. But the film was well regarded. Oh, sure. yeah. I, I saw time. that a month before it opened, or three weeks before it opened. It was screened as a Saturday night sneak back in the days when they actually did the 7 p.m. screening with, with the film yep. that you were paying for attached. So I saw it in front of Big. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. with a contract. Yeah. yeah. Or I think, oh, we saw, wow. I think we saw Big first, maybe? But it, it was at the Varsity 8, which is what is now the Varsity 8. It was, I think it might have even been in 70, and it was just... Just one of the greatest experiences. No question. The room right. went yeah. nuts for it. It, uh, it just, it, you know, it's like a roller coaster. It goes up, and when it starts to fire down, it just never stops. Mm. And in Montreal, where I saw it in 70 opening night, uh, when he starts mentioning all these people he wants to release, as soon as they brought up the FLQ people, yeah, boy, right. I, was, I was frightened Jesus. sitting in the audience because the people all around me and surround were going, yeah. <laughs> That's some of the people that they're asking to get released to the hostages? Yeah. yeah. Oh Liberté God. de Québec. I think That's they right. fake it, right? Like That's right. That's right. Wow. Uh, an Asian dawn. Which, oh. It's on the phone. Anyway, the, the, uh, or the, the walkie. Yeah. Is, is there anyone who hasn't seen Die Hard? Because that would be an episode. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I try to collect people like that, and I haven't found a diehard person just yet, I don't think. <laughs> no uh, one's brought it up for the podcast either, for my podcast either, and it's just killing me. I figured somebody has to. Yeah, I, gotta, I have a Back to the Future person. So um, let, let's talk for a sec about the score, just because that interests me very much as well. Mm-hmm. Did it, Was it too, just too goofy for you? or, or It fits. No, it totally fits. Yeah. I find the music towards the end to be really... It feels like a 60s studio picture. Uh-huh. Like Spartacus-y kind of Alex North music where it's oh, big yeah, and yeah, sweeping yeah. and it's completely... Double Smith love Alex North. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it get, yeah. But I could also see Michael Anderson going, it needs to feel. I can't go with electronic. I have to feel... I need to feel something in these scenes where yeah. people are just staring at each other. And yeah, which so is what I was saying earlier, that yeah. moment where you cut to Richard Jordan trying to look for them as they're escaping, and the music's doing all the work as far as feeling, because the acting... The music's doing, the yeah, music's yeah. doing a lot of the work in general, in yeah. terms of the acting. Well, that's, uh, like, a film like this, a film this ambitious, needs a unifying tone, right? Like, it needs a yeah. position, it needs a perspective, and it never has one. It mm-hmm. just It just keeps throwing concepts at itself, mm-hmm. and... The you know the monorails and the and the miniatures which are 
so clearly miniatures. Yeah. That first, like that first the shot one, when it, they're zooming in on the dome city and you're basically pressing in on the egg cartons. Yeah, so really. Close, yeah, I know. I was like, focus. Focus. Yeah, yeah, it has exactly. to. Focus. It has to be because, because if you see it, yeah, I think they just borrow the mock-up for the mock-up for Disney World's Tomorrowland. I think they just shot that. And yet, and yet, it was an entire soundstage. Just thing. I mean, it was just to get that much up the field. It was humongous. The miniature. The miniature was not was hardly a miniature. More of a bigature. But 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 then you've got but it's interesting because you've got some I mean it's not terrible production design but then you get that whole uh, Arctic bit with box box, and it's just like it feels like now you're in a really cheap (laughs) terrible sci-fi movie box is just you know that's a weird one because that that in a way takes the place of where in, in a movie today that would be the first reveal of oh no this is the conspiracy that's keeping all these people yeah stupid. That this is where people go if they get out, but where they go is to who, Mr. Bo- Why yeah. is Mr. Box there? He's but a malfunctioning like, food delivery guy. Right, is that I mean, what that's he is? basically what he is. He says that you know he has his list they of used things to that he used to freeze, and now they deliver the people. Yeah, and that the idea too that this thousand, this thousand people, these runners, so he's, he's have Dr. all Edgar been, kind of things. Yeah, <laughs> have been killed by the Gordon's fisherman in, in <laughs> robot form. That's that should be terrifying, mm-hmm. and it's just thrown away. I will say it is for a I second. Thought he was like be a benign they, kind of great character. Yeah. I thought he was. Gonna I was. Be. It did affect me. Like I love that moment where it's like all of a sudden you realize, oh, none of them actually got away. They're all yeah. frozen here, and then you turn around, and all of a sudden he has these gun things. Like where the fuck did they come from? Yeah, yeah. freezy guns. Yeah, and then that's when it went. Oh god. But the, yeah. the, one of my problems with the sequence, and one of the reasons it's not scary, is because they don't spend nearly as much time on scaring us. They spend so much oh, yeah. time on him being Basil exposition. And it, it's sort of like what happens in Star Wars, where they put all the exposition into three PO's mouth because they can get away with exposition in three PO's mouth mm. because his mouth never moves. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so you know, I mean, in that case with with Box, that whole scene is just nothing. It's just a yap yap yap. What should I be listening? Should I be scared? What's the emotion I should be having? It's one of these totally incoherent things. Yeah. Apparently, though, there's a cut scene from this where where it's even more totally weird because it's kinky. <laughs> which fits in with earlier in the film, where he asks them to pose nude for a sculpture he's he's created. Oh, that would explain all the corpses at least, because they, they're all nude. Yeah, yeah, but, right. There yeah, you but ew. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's in the book. But you got to understand that that worked for Box about five hundred times. That's true. Yeah, yeah really. Just goes to show how stupid. And we're both we're both we're all supposed to expect that because he's a Sandman, for some reason he's that much more savvy. I mean, Michael York, the guy who takes. You know, five a good five seconds to realize that there's a gun being fired across the room before he turns, and he's because he's so not into the moment. It's tough. You know? They're terrible at chasing that action guy down. Scene. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure he's a wonderful man. Yes. But it's yeah. like you can see you can you can see in the walls where they've got like the fire squib set up. Yeah. So clearly they're just they're doing it all in camera yeah. practically, so which I respect. Don't move. But it just makes them look like they're all terrible at their job. Yeah, I yeah. think they're supposed to be toying with him. Like Richard Jordan is playing at the psycho torture aspect of it. Yeah, but yes. York, but York can't sell that either, so they're just sort of stuck. And they're, so also, they're, they're, they're just goading him into jumping off of. The yeah, <laughs> I was going to say too. The British director Michael Michael Anderson, Anderson. Right? He, not exactly known for no. action, fast paced mm. action, sci fi. Yeah. What's I his mean, other stuff? I'm not familiar yeah, with him. Casting. Um, oh gosh, it's oh. a good question. It's a, I'm trying to. Re- I remember when I first saw this film, I looked him up pre-internet movie database in a book, and I just saw a list of like very staid kind of British movies. Yeah, color, yeah most of which I didn't know the title. Chamber Drums, if I remember correctly. I, I I'm always confusing him with Michael Todd. 
So, well, that's, that's the other thing that bothers me. Sorry, I think that's the other thing that bothers Tadeo. It's not Tadeo. It's Tadeo thirty-five with anamorph. Their anamorphic version. Tadeo was was sixty-five millimeter origination spherical lenses, which were incredibly sharp, which were later used on other seventy millimeter productions. This is not. Tadeo, and yeah. and to give it that credit, and that's all crap. Come on, it's, anam- <laughs> it's anamorphic lenses. That's all it is. That's all it is. I yeah, <laughs> take that. <laughs> I'm gonna quietly look up Michael Anderson while we're doing this because <laughs> to awesome. the internet. You guys go and keep talking. Uh, I'm just really impressed by how you're doing your like little typing. Oh, thing. that's swipe. I've been using it for years and years. You're brilliant at it, Norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this back when it was go. a Windows phone. Oh. um... Oh, yeah, around the world in eighty days. Okay, so I'm right. Know. That well, that was Tadeo. Uh, <laughs> that was actual Tadeo. Millennium. Oh my God, that's right. It's terrible. Separate vacations with David Naughton um, from nineteen eighty six. He directed the Martian Chronicles for TV. Orca, right after Logan's Run. Oh, wow. Doc Savage, Man of Bronze. Yeah, Pope Jones, Shoes of the Fisherman, The Quiller Memorandum, right. Operation Crossbow. Okay, so I take it back. I didn't do a lot of chamber dramas. All the fine young cannibals. Uh, Wreck of the Merry Deer, Chase a Crooked Shadow. Yeah, he worked. Oh, he directed 1984, the original, with, um... Uh, yeah, that's where you go. Yeah. Go. God, he directed, the yeah, the Edmund O'Brien 1984. But there's a pattern wow. there. There's a pattern there. Leisurely paced, uh, uh, kind of roadshow type pictures with stars. Dam Busters. Dam Busters. Yeah. Which, amazingly key. enough, inspired yeah, Lucas. Wars yeah, and, to yeah, make Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. Or at least inspired the dogfight sequences. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he, he was all over the map. So you gotta figure he's the guy that could probably come in on budget and on schedule. I assume. Conduct Unbecoming with, oh, with Michael York. Him in, and Yorkie. Uh, in 75, the year before, and Richard Attenborough and Trevor Howard. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, how did they end and up? And Plummer's on there, too. Is he? Was he? Yeah. But I don't think it came in on oh, budget. Yeah. This film went over and over and over, because if you could see, there's so much post-production. Like, there's, like, and when oh. boxes... That box sequence is all composited junk falling in front of them and badly. Mm-hmm. And that's why that, that scene kind of just, it kind of just ends. It's like it just does a dissolve out. and it just, That's the other thing. We talked about transitions in Star Wars just a year later. and how, Or even with Spielberg in terms of his ability a year, a year later or before that. But his, his dexterity with transitions. Star Wars is like, let's use wipes. Let's have fun. This is just like, oh, God, we have to transition again. Well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Okay, let's just do this. There's such a lack of engagement, <laughs> do I find. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it takes you out of the film because it literally puts a, a period on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in general, just watching this, it's pretty unremarkable in terms of the actual cinematic quality of it. It's, it's, it's mostly shooting really lazy, wide-action uh, long, these long there's like zero coverage of things not that you need coverage to make things cinematic but it's just, it just feels like we have no sense of where anybody is or what's happening right like there's no relationships and yet I just found or out or emotion yeah yeah Oscar nominations for cinematography in this movie and art direction production design yeah I think it won an Oscar for effects uh, special achievement award wow yeah. dear god what was it up against for because this was the state of the art uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. and yet yeah. you look at Towering Inferno a few years earlier mm-hmm. and its effects are much better they're much more believable as far as they as far as integrating the buildings and the skyline and so on this one had a challenge there was a, quite a variety of things yeah I don't know yeah, if I can look at the Oscar nominations yeah. this way I'll do it the other way but yeah, it just seems like such a weird. It's like so. I like just the, this hierarchy of colors is that it's like red is you're almost ready to go, mm-hmm. and they make you wear red, I guess, and then green is the layers yeah. before. Yeah, and that. there are actually degrees of green, degrees of orange. I assume you just get a new suit every year. 
<laughs> because that's the only way it makes sense. There's an orange in there. There's a green and a light. How green, do these people fill their goddamn days? <laughs> Sex and cocaine, I assume. Exactly. Just, why isn't everyone at the club all the time? But yeah, that's, but that's, what, that's why I can, I can see, like, you can really smelly. see why, like, some people, some people have been like, there's a, there's a good remake in this. Because it's hard not to make, you can't make it worse. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you probably yeah, could. Probably sure. Okay, let me could. ask you. Let me ask you this. You know, you said you know someone who loves this movie. Yes. You know why? No, because I didn't want him to know, tell okay. me anything about it. Uh, and now he represents right? Michael York, so he's going to be very upset when he listens to this <laughs> episode. <laughs> we're very... Well, we're not very sorry. No. Uh, okay, I'm looking Take up the nominees mind. for visual effects that year to see who... Um, or uh, No, Best Cinematography. Yeah, Logan's Run lost to Haskell Wexler for Bound for Glory. Thank Christ. Uh, also nominated that year, King Kong... Stars Born, Network, Network and Stars Born. Oh yeah, Network. Uh, this was made the same. It's, it's Network. Hard to believe. I can't conceive it. Uh, art direction nomination for um, oh the winner was All the President's Men. Yeah, uh, Logan's Run was nominated along with The Last Tycoon, The Shootist, uh, and The Incredible Sarah. Which I don't here's a question. Here's the thing about this: <laughs> it's like you're looking at a period too, where there were so few oh, stuff visually like yeah. things like this made. Mm. They either can choose to ignore it. Or just nominate it. And what were the guy, What were all the visual effects that artists that year? Every single one of them doing that year? Yeah, they were working on this movie. Right, right. You know, uh, and and whereas today, you know, maybe two percent of them are working on any one movie. The or, same thing happens today on the big effects movies. They're like, well, of course, that's getting the sound right. editing award because but the, you know, but the like, yeah, industry Transformers is so much movies, bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's true, but that's what it is. It's like what what, what has the most edits? <laughs> yeah, gets yeah. nominated. For Isn't that has the most yeah. of that category? The that's why Christian Bale gets nominated. You know, it's, yeah. it's got the most acting for Square Inch. Yeah. <laughs> he can't. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> His face does that. Um, it used to be the rule was like the longest film would always win best editing because, of course, it would have been longer. Yeah, the most editing. Yeah, that's the least the editing most. though. You just <laughs> didn't make any choices. <laughs> Yeah, it's like imagine yeah, there's it. another hour. If it's War and Peace, I think you're, you think you make quite a few choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but there aren't that many films like that. Yeah, this this like this movie was Oscar nominated. This movie won an Oscar. It's it's inconceivable to me now, and it's just it's just because it's a kind of science fiction that hasn't just fallen out of favor. It's been extinguished. These movies, this movie could not exist now That's the way right. it is. Uh, we have like we have a dystopian. Teenagers movie every six months. Hunger Games. Hunger oh, Games. There's, and there's another one coming yeah. up. The Maze Runner movie's just finished. The um, well, I'm not, uh, d- uh, d- not Defiance. Yes, uh, Divergent. Right those yeah. films. If you consider Netflix as being even moderately, you know, serving up similar yet yeah, not not actual theatrical product, but but let's just say because we're in a time when clearly that bar is it's very difficult to yeah. say it's not and yeah. It, it, you know, then forget it. We have like one every week. Yeah. Mm. And I'm not talking about series. I'm talking about movies. I'm talking about events of some kind that, you know, I mean, like it just... Black Mirror episode. It's just not yeah. special. Yeah. Like this could know. be a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. If it was yeah. compressed down to 35, 40 minutes yeah. Yeah. and it ends with the box sequence where there is no sanctuary and this whole thing has been for nothing. That is how it ends. That's, that's the Black that's Mirror version. That's how it has version. to end. But what would the now, tone be? Right? It would be yeah. a lot, have to be a lot more chilling. I think you could actually get away with doing it straight and making them 21. Like, yeah. That would be the way to do it. Because if you don't have time to think about it, if you're firing through... And then... Minutes, no, 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 I'll take it one yeah, step further. And then you find out that what they are eating are the ones that escape. 
Right. Well, I mean, they're, that they're, makes they're, sense, right? Yeah, like, that's exactly. what Box is They've doing. They closed that's everything the, in, and they're the a closed system. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're a completely closed system. That's actually good. They yeah. cannibalize the guys. Themselves. And they yeah. have to presuppose that no one watching that episode has ever seen or heard of Logan's Room. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I wonder if that would if that actually that is a good actually, possibility. These or, days, yeah, totally. alternately, it's far enough into the future after whatever disaster that you could get away with the thing being called the Logan Protocol. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The, yeah. the computer system is aware of it, even if the people inside of it aren't. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're ahead of them the whole time. And they have this kind of Blade Runner system for, for people who skew from the, the mainstream just to kind of keep people in line. Now, yeah. speaking of not knowing film's history or anything like this. Yesterday I was in a bike shop and I was there with my wife. She's resuscitated her bike from uh, um, when she was a teenager. It was so well preserved. You just had to get the just had to get the wheels wow. back up and everything. So my because my daughter is six and a bit and she's and she wants to ride with her. So I say to the guy, I make a joke or try to make a joke with and, and you know about the fact is, you know, I can't remember what the setup was, but I mentioned E. T. In reference to kids, oh no, they don't have no idea what that is. And I'm not. I, I only saw it last year, and and the guy's like must be thirty, and I'm like, really, really? you don't know what that is? What? And I'm like, re- there was a theater. But is it possible reason? that is receding so far into the into, into the you know background? Or maybe uh, I it's made, just an I made my my fiance watch it. She had never seen. It. She's thirty. Yeah. There you go. But there was she a theatrical re-release in 2002. Wow. Like, I thought it got back into circulation. Mm-hmm. She just missed it. But I don't think it made much money in that theatrical re-release. Mm. I suppose not. But the, the, the but videos E.T. Were, they yeah. still have the ride at it's Universal probably Studios. Probably a whole bunch of digitizing of things. It it's really easy to get on that ride now at Universal Studios, by the way. There's zero life. There's no life. That's more proof, man. We got through it so quick. <laughs> no, I remember when I was a kid, I waited in line for two hours on that ride. We went back there last year with my family, and my wife was like, I'm going to go do E.T. I was like, oh, man. See you, see you late. See you tomorrow. <laughs> and then she, I, ten minutes later, I, I was like, "Oh, did you give up because of the line?" She's like, "What line?" Yeah. <laughs> she made me feel so sad. Speaking mm-hmm. of Disney, there, you want to know a worse movie than this? It's a short movie though. Captain EO, horrible movie, <laughs> horrible, horrible movie. Oh, but I don't think they run it anymore at Disney. No, it used to be it used to gone. be running their three D theater. It was Francis Coppola directed. You know about mm-hmm. this? No, no, you don't know about this. Really? I, I think I've heard of it, but I don't know. Around the same it. time they made that Michael Jackson movie. That is well, that's what it is. That's it's the Michael oh, yeah. Jackson Wasn't it movie directed. Epcot? By, Wasn't it, it was Epcot? Epcot. Yeah. It was. It was Epcot actually. Though. It was in Epcot. It was in. It was big. What it was? It oh, was I have seen seventy it. millimeter three D. Yeah, you probably see it somewhere online or bits of online. Was it the Tremble system? No, no, no! It wasn't Showscan. Yeah, it that's why we should shoot the remake. We should do Florida Project, kind of like just get in with hidden cameras and remake this movie oh, in Epcot right. Center. But this was, but this they was that already was a had horrible, that one horrible, thing, yeah. horrible film. Like that was just awful, totally all over the place in very much the same way this was. Hmm. And with more, but, I think it started out that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think it even started. You know, it wasn't winning Oscars that one. No, yeah, no. But it's, I guess it's as much a not just a time capsule, but a time capsule of a specific type of filmmaking that never really thrived. Yeah. Like a short burst of this could work and then it just, the world went a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So Ryan really does represent Michael York? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's his Canadian rep. Well, I have no problem with the Michael York of today. Yeah, no, that, no, 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 don't backpedal. <laughs> <laughs> my, no, I, I was thinking, watching this, I was doing the math in my head. I was like, Cabaret was four years ago from this, and yeah. it's the same guy. It's just really shocking. But how... he's capable of evoking that yeah. because I think he's. It's just this sort of a type personality that I think. And you've yeah. also got Bob Fosse in your corner. Yeah, you know? yeah, he, yeah he's really just that. so ill suited to this film and this role. 
and just, I mean, also the weird stuff that's going on with accents where they're kind of being American, but they're kind of not. It's going back and forth in a, mm. from oh, scene yeah. to scene. Oh, I, I kind of, yeah. It I flares up. Some of the some of the exterior scenes are much more English, and mm. I don't know why. Maybe they're the first or the last ones they shot. Maybe, yeah. But or maybe they just were... You know, the care. elements to deal with, and they just didn't. I mean, no, 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 it was Tuesday. I was like, "Do the accent?" Or I was like, "I don't remember." Yeah, uh, do one of each, I guess. Do, 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 do who two would be the right casting at, th- at that time for this role? It's well, it's sort of tough, but almost anybody who's earnest, I would say, like, it's difficult. I don't mean to say you that Michael like York a, wasn't would, wouldn't have tried. I just don't get that. Jim Goldblum. Yeah, no, no, I'm thinking oh, of baby, even some guy like Michael faced actor who could be if Michael Pollard, Michael J. Pollard was was better looking, he would be a better choice at the time because you would connect with someone like him. Yeah, you could connect with someone like him. He's got or, vulnerability. Or, yeah, William Hurt, young James, too early. It's James too early Brolin, maybe. Hmm? Or would he be too old, James no, Brolin? Brolin, I wouldn't buy like because the year again, before he's Capricorn too remote. One? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah no, not, mm. not quite right. All right, and after Westworld. Yeah, and even oh, Richard Benjamin wouldn't work for me. <laughs> no. Benjamin's too funny. Like he wouldn't play. He couldn't play. Yeah. someone who doesn't know what's going on. You want somebody mm. who could, who could, who, who could be an innocent without being a clown. Yeah. Paul Newman. Yeah, Newman was too old. McQueen too was too old. old. And also not, not. Yeah, you want somebody who could relish in the idea <laughs> of a culture that's being rediscovered, which is that great catharsis you were talking about that brings you to stories like this that I have as well. Mm. It, it, it's a sort of very simplistic science fiction. Perspective on things, but it's very satisfying that the world as you've been oh, Pacino or De Niro, Bridges, hmm? Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges in 1976. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. Four yeah, years because he's making yeah. Stay Hungry that year. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see King Kong though? The 76? Yeah, oh, that was. Totally but again, that's like. Yeah. I like a young Steve McQueen. If it, could have been, if it could have been done a few years earlier, something something like Steve McQueen who I actually can know. play that sort of stillness. Yeah, yeah, I buy it. Because he would be the Blade Runner version, though, because then he would really learn what, yeah. what actually is going on. Tom Skerritt? Mm-hmm. Too old. Mm-hmm. No, at the time he'd be. Yeah. He'd be. It's like two years away from Alien. I think he looked. I think he looked older than he was. Yeah, Alien. that's true. He could have sold it. Like the Tom Skerritt of Mash could have sold it. Yeah, the younger. Donald I almost Sutherland. think O.J. Simpson <laughs> might have done a better job. O.J. <laughs> you know. Okay, but the real question <laughs> is: Elliot Gould, you 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 make this today? Who plays Box? <laughs> James Earl Jones. Yeah, two years later, James. Like, no, one questions. year later, James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones yeah. box. Mm. That's fair. Frank Oz <laughs> as a puppet. Yeah, as a puppet. Yeah. But <laughs> if it ends with Box being the ultimate villain, like not not the villain, but the end point. Mm. If he if he is going to be the one killing them, and that's the end of the movie, then you could, oh God, you could cast anybody. Mm. But when a movie becomes like this one does at that point, you know, and you're like. <sighs> You know, it's like, no, dude, like, the way you make a movie is, it's by what you don't say, what's implicit. You know, you use the moment, you use each moment yeah. in, in a way that this, you know, this is literally they're sitting there trying to fix, you feel like they're trying to fix the movie yeah. because they feel, oh, the audience must have lost the plot, but they only do it in certain areas, yeah. which is why it feels so kind of over the, and yet at the same time, I've seen a lot of negative things about this as a critic in this moment. But I have this enormous cheesy enjoyment at times that just goes beyond any logic. I mean, you know, this was this was a movie that would pop up periodically in my youth on TV, and I go, "What's that?" Because it was so much cooler than almost anything else on TV at the time. So it would look like nothing else, right? In the seventies, especially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm but, curious at one point uh, sonically too showing this mm-hmm. to my son and how he'll react to it. 
Well, he's uh, going to wonder why no one has a shirt on. <laughs> you, you, you would think he would. It's surprisingly <laughs> adult for, for a, a disposable science fiction movie of the 1970s. Definitely feels very disposable. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd give it... Yeah, a good way for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it is fascinating. Just, Everybody's but, in great shape. Like, they've clearly... I like this weird notion that everyone somehow has found a way to uh, to to just go. Well, we've idealized youth, so let's only have the youth. Yeah. But then again, it makes me go, "Who's the villain making that decision? How have they? How have they collected? How did they get it? We need to know how they got this prime thing." And then, but but you you actually solved it with the idea that at your prime, then you get frozen. You get harvested. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Harvested. That actually makes a lot of sense. We harvest you. Well, then it all becomes the island way, right? Yeah. Or uh, never let me go. Oh, yeah. this is like the total tonal opposite of Never Let Me Go, which is really quiet and set in the 70s. It never really happened in England or the 80s. Like, it's the 70s or the 80s. They never explain it. Mm-hmm. But those that's like Never Let Me Go is a tragedy about people who don't understand the world that they're raised in and can't get out. And this is a tragedy about people who do get out because they're all going to starve to death. Mm. They're going to eat each other. They're going oh. to eat Peter Ustinov. These so people right. have zero really fucking survival Peter's skills. Yeah. Zero. They're all screwed. They, they, they eat that old man the, on day two. Yeah. They're going to die of cholera. Yeah. From and then they, and then, it's just, and it's too bad because he could have led them to his cats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's a cat harvest in the future. Yeah. Oh, that's the deleted scene. It's like, <laughs> there's, there's a source of food. We just have to go back and find the cats. I bet they taste like chicken. Well, the, the, the female leash. They don't know what chicken is, there. Norm. That's true. <laughs> Space chicken. I don't know. they got to call it something. Yeah, these... You never see anyone eat in the movie. That, see, no, now, no, it's true. That There's idea... No body that, fat on these people. That's true. But the concept... Tubes or yeah, something. That's oh, that's the other movie I was thinking of. The, the THX 1138. That's like, Lucas movie. already made this movie. Yeah. And it was a dystopia, and it was miserable. Yeah, but it was, it was yeah. truly 1984. I mean, let's not... Oh, yeah. There were, the things that are original about THX 1138... Are just aesthetics, yeah, really. I mean, the, yeah, visual and audio design, and and you're going like, wow, like what? That's just a major trip. Yeah. But it's not a it's not a new idea at all, and it's such a rip. Of, yeah, yeah. Oh, it is, of course. To, but in yeah. terms of what it did, and that was what seventy one. Yeah, and it obviously it landed with a thud. But what it did on the landscape, absolutely. Yeah, yeah this yeah, film yeah. is that plus. Like the first half of THX, uh, the first half of Logan's Run is THX one one three eight. The second half is Planet of the Apes. Yeah, visually, mm. and it's Very just much. Mm. literally backlot. Yeah, they bought yeah. a book and made those movies with it. Yeah, I will say I'm going to walk away from this feeling good about the ending, knowing that these people all die within months, <laughs> weeks. We yeah, months is being is being very generous. No, because they some of them will eat each other. Sure. So that they'll they'll survive a little bit longer. Those ones, but eventually when they're own food dies out of themselves, then they will die. I think yeah. the Cubs will probably, if they survive the blowing up buildings, the Cubs will be, be fine. They have the advantage. They've got time. They're still malleable. Yes. They're yeah. still There's feral. Hunter gatherers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They yeah. don't require as much. The Cubs might survive. <laughs> I just still can't get over the moment where they're like, "Well, Peter Yuskov, you've walked with us for five days and you've kept us for company." Now we're going in the water. It's, we, sorry, Kim. Clearly. So, you know, you just stay here. Yeah. <laughs> no, just sit here. down in Death Valley. Stay stay here. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's made a fire somehow. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Stay I here. We brought it for but mine. they say stay here as long as you can. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. And <laughs> things start to explode and he's still there. Yeah. I mean, he really should have been a death scene prior to them leaving him and then, you know, then miraculously. Well, he should, they should have gotten there a lot sooner. I mean, that might have been a much more interesting movie, but then it wouldn't have been the movie there. But the whole point was for them to come out and see that he existed and be surprised. 
They were literally Come just shocked us. that they went outside. <laughs> he did not need to be there. Yeah. They were. They would have been equally shocked by the fact that outside existed. It's true. Like, they don't believe anything you tell them. When York, yeah, he's like, I don't ah. know what that is, but it's warm. And then, why don't they freak the fuck out when it disappears? <laughs> they just Where go, oh, it's, go? it's night now. The How do you know? Oh my god, it's back. It's back. <laughs> it's back. It's back. <laughs> we must sacrifice to it. Exactly. We've already written. In the two days they're out, they build a Sacrifice your clothes. Yeah. Burn that bra. <laughs> the sun came back. Oh my god. god. No, yeah. There's a, something else I was thinking of, too. It was the, uh, yeah, why can they read? In Ooh. this society, the oh, worst boy. thing you can do yeah. is teach yeah. them to read, right? right? Because right. they'll... They'll presumably have history. We see English, though. On Love Shop, we see yeah. New You. But, but it makes no sense. It, well, it makes no sense, except if you think that the city was basically created in the Shenandoah Valley by possibly... This is this would be interesting to theorize. Right. Who created the city? Right. Okay, Where so there was, a, there was a, twi- a new Twilight Zone episode in 85 or 86. There you go. In which Let's some people cool. figure out... In which some people figure out that the entire... Uh, that that I think politicians launched themselves into space hundreds of years before to save themselves from nuclear annihilation. They were now on their way back, and that was going to somehow pose a threat um, to current society in terms of their current values, not not having that nuclear element. So they actually destroy the ship just as it approaches. This is gigantic ship, basically, theoretically with families like and people. The space like, arc. Right. So basically, what 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 I'm thinking is, well, this happened in the Shenandoah Valley. They wander out. They see all the buildings. Didn't this have to do with some kind of catastrophe that occurred in a society that was created by people? Like, how can you can you figure out what their political persuasion was? Like, right. that would be an interesting an interesting theory. Look, it's not clearly like, libertarian. Well, it's, it's it's like the opposite of Gilead in a, in a way, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's you know they're they're very free. They're pansexual. They're they're, but there's a computer that controls everything. So yeah. is does that make the, is it libertarian or is it something else? Maybe it's well, that's what you have here. It's like someone programmed this computer a decade or a decade centuries earlier. Right. Uh, that's what we and need. It's just, and it's just been running it. Yeah, yeah. It's been and 300 so, years since the audience sees this. That, it reminded me of you know, the time machine when he goes really far ahead and he, he meets the kind of beautiful people who are yeah, all in all their books are dust. And the like, Eli. That's another thing yeah. that I saw at eight years old that was like... Well, it makes you think of there's this whole... There's this great... Um, but then there's the Morlocks, exactly. Yeah, this is yeah. a great science <laughs> story and I, and I, I stole it. I put it in a monologue, an orgy. Uh about this idea of like these, this scientist, they did this experiment with these monkeys and the idea being that uh, there's a ladder in the middle of the room with a, a bunch of bananas on the top of it and every time the monkeys got sprayed, going after the bananas, they got sprayed by the water to eventually the point where they just learned don't go near the ladder and you don't get sprayed and it's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. They replaced one of the monkeys with a new monkey and so of course that monkey goes towards the ladder and they start beating the shit out of that monkey mm. and so all that monkey learns is don't go near the ladder. You know, so one by one, one by one, they replace every single one of the original monkeys to the point where the monkey is, it's full of, uh, the room is full of monkeys that have never been sprayed by water, yet none of them go near the ladder and they have no idea why. All they know is you don't go near the ladder. Hmm. And it's it's that kind of idea that it's like, the same with the computer. It's like, none of them know why they're doing this now. They just know that the computer tells us we do this and we do it. But it's it's sort of, it's, it's, it's dumb in the way that. Bad science fiction is dumb yeah. because it basically presupposes that there's no, not enough intelligence in these tens of thousands of, or thousands of people. I mean, Logan seems to be the only guy 
who's using his brain in the entire culture with the exception of a couple of runners or maybe a thousand runners over the course of what, a hundred years or something like this, that there aren't, and that people don't grow uh, uh, not just uncomfortable with, but uh, bored with their surroundings yeah. being like this. That's what doesn't make sense. Clearly this exists in a world uh, that is our earth in the future. Yeah. Right. yeah. So I, I would we argue, are human in that school. But I would argue that there's more than just a few people that run. They have literally a whole organization that's there just to deal with the runners. Right. So it's clearly an, an ongoing... also never explained. And we yeah. have no idea why our female protagonist belongs to that. Yeah. And they don't know what they're doing, it. right? Because there is no sanctuary. No well, but it's not like they're police officers and we see them like giving out tickets for anything else. No, 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 they've but, got the fart sticks, okay? But they're generally... They're kind of an annoying reference. Because if you see Carousel to be in, and that was my first thought, just watch what just occurred to me without thinking about it, really. It's like, wow, there are quite a few Sandmen there. Mm -hmm. I guess they show up to kind of make sure that there's order, that people are actually going to go through with it in general. Like, maybe they don't actually show up for that reason, but they're probably encouraged to by the superiors. I just felt like there was a logic to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so, and so that, on that level, that, you know, keeping people in place. But, but I, they felt like they were just there to enjoy it as well. Yeah, they're part of the. It wasn't like they were. It wasn't like they were standing at the at the sides like stormtroopers, like policing. They yeah, felt like they were part of the crowd. But there's a cynicism that you see, which is very much like you know, kind of back at the back at the police station kind of cynicism, where you see all the Sandmen at their control desks, which right. which belies the fact that they definitely not belies, but basically, you know, hints at the fact that they do have perspective on this. Yeah. That it's not, they wouldn't just be there for the fun of, of that. And they enjoy killing those guys. Or, and, yeah. and there's a, so there's another, so it's, it's difficult to have some, you know, multiple dimensional dimensions here, but no dimensions here right next to it interacting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The other no. thing that I, I kept thinking of this time is that if they, like in the book, a lot of this makes more sense because nobody lives past 21 and they're all hormonal teenagers. They're impulsive. Of course they don't question. Like they're, yeah. that's why they're sleeping with each other constantly. That's why they're, cheering at the at renewal it's they cannot not do that stuff they're mm -hmm. compulsive weird little right kids. and the next step isn't evident to them but yeah there it, is a next they, step or they just don't live long enough to understand the next right. step right and Evolve. you know like when you're 21 years old you don't think about like you all think you're immortal everybody assumes they're being renewed like there's it would make much more sense that yeah one, yeah so in that in the book what is the notion of renewal or how do they get renewed is there there's no carousel so what is yeah there, is there I, a competition to it's a of... similar like there's some kind of ritual but i it's so long ago that i can't remember you didn't write the book before coming to the screen people I assume that everyone's been renewed i was looking for it. just because they disappeared kind of thing like yeah that? everybody shows well, because you can always get a new face because the, the names are generational i think that's how it works like mm. you know it's sam 12 hey you must be sam 8 from mm -hmm. before yeah okay like nobody knows anything. see you later yeah Great seeing you. I'll be on the, what do they call it? Chat roulette thing? Five fuck roulette? The circuit, That's yeah. I'll be on the circuit. That would have been a wonderful little point in the movie. Just a lovely little bit of shading. If I yeah. could understood that, just that it was generation. Has no larger... Oh, they do that in that first scene when they're in the birthing chamber. But it's he's a distinct, yeah, like, it's a Logan 7, he's going to be a Sandman. But there, there's not a sense that it's a previous Logan. Because right. we've, we've met Logan 5. and Yeah, and at that point, is, there, is that a clone of him? Like, yeah. we don't really get they a sense Well, they talk about how we don't know where the... Like, he is the father, but he never met the mother. Right? Oh, Logan's the father. Right? Yeah, yeah, I got that, he's, I got he's that idea that it's like... It's he's a proud father, mm -hmm. sort of. He's checking in on him for the only time that he'll ever see him, I think. But again, it speeds past it so quickly that mm -hmm. we can't yeah. really... Also, we get the sense that Francis likes to frighten children, which... <laughs> You know, he has too much power. He should not have a gun. I read there was another deleted scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, where Francis is, just comes back from a kill. 
and you see his bloodlust in that. And that's, I think, how the film started. Mm, that would it's make sense. Possible it started, you know, like, is only he, they decided he's meeting not to him start there that. from the yeah, kill. Yeah, from, from like the kill. So it started with. But that makes sense. It was predetermined at birth, and you can and you can see somehow into these people's DNA and who is more programmed to be a sociopath. It's like, yeah, make them Sandman. Yeah, you. They're not going to question it, and they're going to enjoy it, and. Yeah. They yeah, it makes, that. yeah, it makes more sense too if there's someone with the potential to be a threat that you would make them work for you. But there's something about them being much younger is mm-hmm. like makes it a lot more Lord of the Flies. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that Brian Singer's remake was supposed to have engaged with, the idea of like of the of the dynamic between them, of all of it, of burning out, of of being young and being impulsive, and and if you said, well, I think the way he pitched it, we talked about it. When he was coming through for something. Oh, it was for the video tour for the first X-Men, and he was trying to do it then, so that's yeah, the remember, fall of 2000. I remember reading wow. internet articles about yeah. it. The and then. he wanted to do it with children. Like, he said he wanted to have them be kids, because then they're killing each other, and it's violent, and it's gangs, and it's all this weird stuff mm. in the future, which is totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. But this is also three years after the App Pupil lawsuits, so... This was also he was around the time of Superman. Superman, I believe, and he was jostling between those two projects, but obviously decided he wanted to go do Superman, left X-Men, and then Yeah, they were both at Warner, become, that's right. Yeah. Both Superman and Logan's Run were run by yeah. Warner at the time. Yes. And he left X-Men for that, and then we got... I would 100% watch a, a remake of this, uh, hoping, hoping the filmmakers would, like, really explore and ex- expand and explore kind of the deeper ideas behind it. I, you know who I think would do a good job? Alex Garland. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think he would be like a first class. I mean, maybe thematically not so much. He still has problems with endings. Yeah, well, all of his endings yeah. are the same. But even Spielberg well, has problems with endings at this point. Matt Reeves would do something interesting. Matt Reeves right? would be great. Hmm? Matt Reeves. He just yes. did the the last two Apes movies. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. because he handled a reinvention, a sort of a reinvention, because he sort of did the second one. The first one was totally weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the third one feels like a seventies movie in a way that lots of like War for the yeah. is it War for the Planet of the Apes. The last yeah. one? Has that great, like, it's got split diopter shots, it's got a sense of those yeah. those long exteriors, unafraid with the sunblast to, be, and to enter certain moods that were common back then, yeah. too, which is very unusual today. And I wonder if you could, if you could remake, like, this is the thing that, like, the thing that I love about Superman Returns is that it's a direct sequel to a movie made in 1982 that doesn't acknowledge, or 81, that doesn't acknowledge the passage of time. Yeah. If you could do a Logan's Run now, extrapolated from the 70s designs, and still, like, but have like be conscious, be, be conscious of it. Be f- have fun with it. Then, like, but then that's, that the, my, that's the Will Ferrell version. That would be my know. Will Ferrell movie, which mm. I still think could work. I, we, Steven wrote a really great scene that goes in that movie yeah. with the sun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Does it, laughs> Kardashian. It's burning my balls. Yeah, I would watch that. I would watch that. Yeah, does a Kardashian play Fire Frost's role? She would have to. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah. Poor Kanye in there too. Yeah, she's been told to just do it like Marilyn. They haven't even changed her hair. It's so weird. I mean, I guess the, the the thing that's really missing in this one too is what is she doing in the movie? Yeah. Fair Fawcett? No, no, not oh. Fair Fawcett. No, um, Jenny Agatha. Jenny Agatha's what, character. What is, like, what is exactly purpose. what is she doing at all in the movie? And, and that's the, the I think that that would probably have to be the dynamic between him and the other Blade Runner. Yeah. And him and her, well, in terms she, of her notions of being part of the resistance, probably yeah. would form the crux of a, of a new. Not yeah, the, yeah, like because you're a year but away. Matt version, maybe you're a year away from Leia. Yeah, like, that's who she should be. She totally. should be. She should be part of the resistance. She's ahead of him. She yeah. knows more than he does, even right. if she pretends she doesn't. Yeah. So let's have that. Mm-hmm. He should need her more than she needs him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it turns out that what he learns kind of 
Yeah, and her disillusionment completely messes with her. Her disillusionment when she finds out that Box has been killing everybody is amazing because then she's complicit in sending all these people to their mm-hmm. deaths. Yeah, yeah. Except instead of this moment later in the film where she's like, "No, no, it can't be," and like, haven't you yeah. seen the last half hour of this movie? Yeah, the moment they know we're moving, you're out. freaking out about a tree right now. Yeah, yeah. come on. <laughs> the most honest moment in this movie, and it made me laugh out loud, was when they first see a cat, and on their yeah, faces, like, awesome. like, "What the?" Yeah. Fuck is that? It's a cat they were, scare they that actually works. Kind of, yeah. yeah, I bought that moment where they were just terrified of this. Because you can you imagine? Yeah. you're you know almost thirty years old. You never seen a cat before? One, one They've never seen any other animals. What were those animals that were running around in Toronto like last summer? Or awesome. No, 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 no. It was like the, the one had escaped. Oh, the capybaras. Capybaras. <laughs> exactly. Hundred you know? pound moose face rodents. They're yeah. terrifying. That's I've just seen it. them. They're scary. Oh, when oh, I saw yeah, the first photo, and I was like, those things are just running loose. Like, yeah, I'd be terrified if I saw that down the street. I would think that a science fiction. Movie is taken over because I had never heard of it before or seen a photo. But I can just imagine that if I hadn't seen a cat before and I saw one, I'd be terrified as equal. Not more how than does it moves so fast. Yeah, it has knives it. for hands. What is that? Yeah. And how did they get all the friendliest cats in the world to live with Peter Isnell? I don't know. Yeah. Well, he's been working. He's been I think he brought them for years. He just loves poetry. He's been feeding them all. The Those weren't even in the script. Yeah. And I do. There's one. There's a scene where I was this time. I was just watching the background cats. Because there's yeah. one, there's one scene where Logan has York has this great big speech and there's this white cat he was petting that wants him to keep petting it. Yeah, yeah. And it starts nudging him and it's like I want to yeah. see let's spend time with the cat. The other amazing. There was some other violence that was kind of amazing when the water was splashing them around. That was intense. That, mm. that was intense. That did not. That was not a safe. That's You know what? That's like literally like that's the way this film kind of rolls through the kind of potential disaster movie ideas. Like okay, yeah, Poseidon Adventure yeah, right in the middle of a movie. Exactly. It turns into a different movie or it's Star Wars you have a whole entire sequence where the walls close in you yes. know, they just get out of the water this and this one they don't earn it at all germ- at least no. that's germane you know there, there's I mean, that bit moment when they're sneaking out and they go through that sex cave dungeon thing and yeah. they just go into another room it's like that lady. meant nothing yeah. <laughs> Like they, yeah. they, they could like you could have cut that and it would have meant anyway. Sorry, it's just a you. different room in the mall. No, no, no. Yeah, the sex mall. Lady, yeah. I feel That's like this podcast. I was just, I was just saying, like this time through, I was literally my eyes were like my eyes were closing a lot because like I was just because I'd seen the film enough to know that the energy isn't going to pick up at all. Yeah, it's too much. And, and you know, it's and, and it's better. like it's 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 not that I I'm not captivated by moments in the film. But like I was going, okay, okay, I'm gonna wait now. Okay, at the next scene, once they finish talking, something interesting will happen. That's the problem with this movie. I really do feel like once they finish talking, something interesting might happen. Mm-hmm. And even though the transitions uh, won't be good, but and and you hate a movie that's like that. It's a good lesson in what, how what story how story is energy, and yes. you know, and how if someone's not changing at all or not learning anything, that's affecting their next decision and earning right. the next level of their understanding yeah. right. we don't care you know? Rufio had no practical effect on <laughs> yes, him whatsoever yes. <laughs> just an old kid yeah. <laughs> what? just throws the dagger at him yeah the other thing I thought about this time was that every scene feels like it could be a deleted scene or a replacement <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, it's like, true just, they don't line up together when Logan is, is yeah. given his mission is that a reshoot? Because it doesn't reflect itself anywhere else in the film. No. He never tells anybody else about his mission. Mm-hmm. Even when he tells Jessica at the end that they have to go back, he doesn't say why. 
Yeah. It's yeah. like they added the computer sequences, that one and the one to at justify. the end, to yeah. have a reason for any of it. And I'm pretty mm. sure in the book, he just runs. Mm. Yeah, because he starts no, blinking, right? Yeah, there's no purpose. They accelerate the blinking, which could, again, it could have been a different scene where he just notices that his hand's gone red for some reason. Uh, I mean, he doesn't look 26 compared to 30. Mm. No, and in the new version, the new version is that, yeah, have him, have him all be 21. He's 17, and he figures it out. Goes to tell someone in, in power, say, hey, do you guys know this? And they switch and, him over. And they switch him over and it's like, you're blinking now. It's like, yeah, but I have your time. So, no, yeah. start running. Yeah. It's like, now you're running. Yeah. Yeah. You and if the system is using him to find Sanctuary, then it's okay that Sanctuary doesn't exist. Right? Like but it's great. But it, as opposed yeah, as opposed to making him his making mission. Him run without a mission. If they're just making him flee. And then later on, you find out that, you know, some of his other. Uh, uh, Sandmen are following him and they're not they're just fucking with him they're not trying to kill him because they do want to follow him they do want to yeah. see where it leads I think I'm guys we're making a great version of this I know. No, that's, that's, that's the way the, the book ends that way the book ends with uh, Francis being the leader like he's the rebel leader mm. basically and he was he's the Han? kind of well no he's the he's the Obi-Wan he's the one who's who's engineered all of this so Logan will run and find Sanctuary and he's waiting for him basically I cannot remember how I like that. that. Mm. No, it was a big twist in the book, and it doesn't like obviously it didn't work that well because I don't remember any of it. No, now I just beat him to death with the American flag. <laughs> that can stay. That, 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 that's still field relevant. Would they find? <laughs> yeah, would they find Washington in the new version? I think it would make more sense if they were in California. Mm. I mean, well, just, that's the thing. Wherever you put it, it really has to be no landmarks in the way no that this doesn't. <laughs> just like it's yeah, Hollywood Forever Cemetery. <laughs> yeah, like Planet of the Apes can get away with having the Statue of Liberty. You know, that's Ellis Island. It doesn't make any it sense. They spent the entire movie in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but Planet of the takes place yeah. in Jersey. It does. That's no one awesome. wants to talk about it. It's true. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a conspiracy theorist now. But based on where the coast place. is and yeah. everything, yeah. yeah, that's where it has to be. Yeah. But it's fine because it's all covered in dust and there's no, like, there's no landmarks. You get that. It sells it. But here, where are they, like, you know, like. They're outside Washington. Mm-hmm. But what I think is the only answer jumping off of cliffs into water. That's right. What I think is amazing is again, you think think of that great line from the second Austin Powers film, and there's almost nothing in the second Austin Powers film. Oh, I've got that funny. Which is like with the riding along the road. Strangely, how this how this how this landscape all looks exactly like Southern California or something. Remember that line where he's referencing the fact of the background. Yeah, that whole the whole movie feels like that way outside. Mm. But I keep asking myself, why Washington? Why? Yeah. Why? Let's like just not just even forget the setup. Just why? Landmark. I think it's because the Washington Monument would be tall enough to see. (laughs) Right. That's that's as limited as it is. What's the only thing? In it could have been the Space Needle in Seattle. The other thing I'm thinking. The other thing I'm thinking though is early '70s, and I'm thinking post Nixon era, and I'm thinking distrust of government, and I'm thinking basically the cleaning out of government. Yeah. As a result of that, and people sort of looking at it anew and yeah, looking at someone they could trust, an old man, and cats, yeah, yeah. and the simple way of kind of rediscovering it. I think it's it, that whole layer going. It does give country. you a shortcut. It gives you a shortcut though to know that if Washington, yes, Elliot Wasteland, yeah. yeah, but yeah, but it gives you that shortcut to know that if Washington has fallen, then the country's fallen, mm-hmm. which sure. means the world has yeah. probably fallen. Although Where now, if you're just in the middle of Seattle, you can be like, well, maybe there's other places in the states that didn't turn into this. Sure. <laughs> but why that choice? Then? See, That's now I just I regret that Peter Ustinov has not trained all of his cats to be senators, because like, they're there, they're all in the desks, and they, yeah. he's giving them T.S. Eliot names, but it could just as easily have been, you know, this is Florida. Yeah, yeah. This is, he's just reading and what's he's on. He's interpreting. Yeah, and his own version. He's He's the president. He's their president. In our remake, also because he has this great monologue talking about how they have three names. Oh, it's Philip Baker Hall in the Will Ferrell movie. There you go. Oh Oh, yes, yes. 
Um, there you go. I fixed it for you, MGM. <laughs> Let's do this. Because because he says they have a name that they know themselves and doesn't don't tell anyone. I love that bit. That's, then they have that's two names. T.S. So, so in the mm-hmm. remake, the, 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 when he calls them by their cute name, that's when they're just friendly pets. But when he uses that other name, that's <laughs> when they turn into his army. calling you know? the government to order. Yeah. Yeah. And no, that's the boys from Brazil. <laughs> but they never... Order, 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 order. Because otherwise just wasted information. <laughs> exactly. They all have two names. Like... Thanks a lot. Can I have my 30 seconds back? Because yeah. that means fuck all yeah. to me plot-wise. I mean, it's great. Like uh, that's, that's wonderful old man who has no name. Can you tell me what one of the names is? Yeah, yeah. your name in the credits is Old Man. Old man. And also, I think, if you're I making think he wrote his own script. I think he really I would not be surprised wrote, he, he brought that book to like, exactly. I hate the fact that they boil that. I know. In the opening credits of the movie. You mean there's going to be Old if Man in this film to you in a text message? You'll go, what? what's that? If I did love shop to you in a text message about this movie, which I did by accident yeah. the other day, you'll say, what's that? If I take Jenny, Jenny Agater takes her clothes off, you'll say, okay. But that doesn't spoil a movie. But at the beginning of this movie, yes. and <laughs> old man, old man, old man. in a movie that's not about old people at all, yeah. you know, yeah. Okay. Why are it's the credits? thing it's literally just before the scroll where they explain that there's it's no right. old people ever. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. 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 Why are we don't up front. Yeah, and also someone wasn't thinking, yeah, right? Because the names are like old man and box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly I mean if he's a box, he could be subtle anything. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, it's not like Peter Yersenov as old catmaster. You know, president pro tem of the Senate. Obviously. That would be no catmaster would be like uh, uh, Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. Mad Max thing. Like Toe Cutter, Catmaster. I love the I love the I love the names at the top of Mad Max movies are hilarious. Oh they uh, Mad Max is just two years away. It's such a really crazy. Yeah, the first one's fairly embryonic though. Yeah. It takes some more while to get. That's still one of my black holes. I haven't seen the first one. It's different. It, it is, is not the rest of the movie. It's not what you rest think. Of, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not at all. Like, it's a near future revenge picture. Mm-hmm. But it's good. Like, the it's action sequences are fantastic. Still very much Can you find drive in dubbing? movie one. Yeah, yeah, yeah the DVDs yeah. have both drive tracks now. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, Logan's Run is not Mad Max. No, it's okay. I'm just trying to help you get out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> watch it. We're going to come around for another remake round. Of, uh, so, uh, what, uh, what are our final thoughts? <laughs> I, it is exactly as I remember it from the last time I saw it, which is that it is a movie that is made to fill a box on a schedule, on a production schedule, rather. Like, this was MGM, untitled MGM Science Fiction Project 1976 mm-hmm. in 1973. They bought the book to fill that spot. And then whatever happened, happened. They didn't care. There was no oversight. It is, it is a film without a creator. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's a, it's a ton of in, in, incredible episodes that each have their own rich theme, each of which is unexplored. And so I thoroughly enjoyed watching it, the experience of it, and, and, and just the, the crazy kind of old school feel of it. But yeah, it doesn't bring you anywhere. Yeah. It could live as a web series, like if you broke it up into little bits, because it's so episodic, mm-hmm. it's, as you point out. It's so episodic, it's so discontinuous, you'd be like, there's some cool ideas in there, and you wouldn't mind it broken up. But like it's with, it's with any feature, a feature requires so much more work structurally and yeah. woven wise to hang, hang together. I, I feel like this is a movie that I would not, I'm not sure I would recommend to people that, oh, you must see Logan's Run. I would never do that. <laughs> I, would, I would be, it would be more like, it would be more like, you ought to see it if you're interested in seeing the transition of science fiction. Yeah. Some intelligent science fiction just before this era and a few films pure out like things like Andromeda Strain yeah. and of course Silent Green Silent and, Running and Silent Running exactly mm-hmm. to you know through the studio system as it would have become 
had studios continued to do these things and Star Wars not come along mm-hmm. yeah. to raise a bar in a way that made them go outside that system to now had to think about other ways to approach uh, science fiction stuff matter. But yeah. Do you think the new the new Hollywood, the sort of Young Turks, they just approached it in a way that was more serious and they believed in it more, the B-movies? They kind of didn't oh. make movies. Other than Close Encounters, there wasn't really an attempt at real, real science fiction until, you know, Alien, I wouldn't call it so much science fiction as... as so by the time you got to Blade Runner, that yeah. was like that's about that's as hardcore as we got, and they pulled away from that pretty fast. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. mean, as far as green light and those things, they yeah. weren't creatively, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, I like that. I'm glad I, I finally got around to watching it. I think you know the only time I ever might revisit is, is with my kids, like years from now. But uh, <laughs> no, just because they they like going back and, and they like rewatching. I just watched uh, the, the Spirit of St. Louis with them the other day, okay. and they were captivated by it. That's a nice. two and a half hour movie. I've never seen that. With Jimmy Stewart in a plane for most of it. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really it's Billy Wilder. It's, yeah. Do you have a DVD it's, or it's, did you see? I got it from the, the library. Yeah, yeah, I picked yeah. it up from the library, just, and they they were drawn in by it. They, they they told me before we started that like you get fifteen minutes dead, and if we're not into it, we're gonna let you know, and we're gonna stop it. And I was like, that's fair, and they just sat here, just captivated. Nice, and you've yeah. seen it. I hadn't seen it. That was my oh, first really? time watching it too. Wow. Yeah. Well, you can always you can always suggest to them that in lieu of the sex ed curriculum that we are now defaulting <laughs> to in Ontario, Logan's Run, they can watch Logan's yeah. Run because that will be far more progressive. It yeah. is. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You learn some stuff. It yeah. tells you about Tinder. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming over, guys. <laughs> my pleasure. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was great. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Thanks for joining us for Logan's Run. If you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word about it. You can find me on Twitter at Lon Jeremy and go to Facebook for Black Hole Films. Leave a review there or an Apple podcast or wherever it is you listen to this thing. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.